Welcome to Hormone Health Podcast, brought to you by Georgia Hartman and Chloe Sheehan. This podcast is an extension of Hormone Health Studio, which is our naturopathic clinic based here in Newcastle and online. We're just two naturopaths who love a laugh, coffee, croissants, and conversations about real people with real health concerns. Nothing's off limits. We're here to educate you on what's happening in your body, share emerging research, and debunk buried health misconceptions. So sit back and let us do the talking. Okay, so I don't know if anyone has noticed that we haven't put out a podcast in a couple of weeks, but that is because Chloe has been away and... Are you blaming me? I am. I was going to say I was meant to... You, I had a list. I, you, you told me what to do while you're away. We're going to do this whole episode. Anyway, doesn't matter. Didn't do it. I was hoping secretly you would tune in from Portugal, uh, but you clearly had no way. Turned off my phone, (laughs) shut my emails, put a automatic reply going. If this is you again, Georgia, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) I ever wait. It's called a holiday. Go and get one. That's okay. But this week we have interviewed Wendy. She is an amazing resource for mums, mums to be. We are talking all about becoming a mum, a word that I haven't heard of before called matrescence, and also mum rage. Yes, Wendy Gilroy is a mum of two who's recently swapped busy Sydney life for a slower paced, more nature focused life on the mid north coast. She's passionate about supporting women with their emotional journey, mental health, relationships, and of course, mothering. Wendy works in her private practice, which is now fully online. I've seen her several times myself as a qualified counselor and takes a really holistic approach to therapy with the women she supports. And prior to this work, Wendy had a career in HR, human resource management and has worked with drug and alcohol rehab clients and employment services for people with barriers to gaining paid work. She's just a wealth of knowledge. And so while we could pick her brain about a million things, we're really focusing today's episode on all about becoming a mother. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of benefit from this chat because there can be a lot of guilt and shame associated with mum rage or feeling these emotions but what we talk about a lot is taking a holistic approach to well-being throughout motherhood which I think is really important what we see here in clinic is mums who are experiencing postnatal depletion and what we can focus on is you know is nutritional deficiencies contributing to that what's your support like whereas Wendy's approach is also a holistic approach as well. And before we wrap up, I thought what... And by wrap up, you mean jump in? Jump in. Before we wrap up and jump in, (laughs) I was thinking about mum rage. And because I'm not a mum myself, I just have general rage. I was thinking, oh, I can remember specifically a funny story about when my mum was experiencing mum rage. We had just come from a dance class for me, but she had bought my three other siblings and it was chaos, like absolute chaos. And she just packed us up in the car and we were driving back and I felt like she was speeding through the streets, whereas it was probably like she was going the speed limit, just like taking the roundabouts (laughs) a little bit faster. And I looked at her and I was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old and I copied what I was seeing in an ad and I looked at her and I said, every K over is a killer. (laughs) And she's like, shut up. (laughs) 
I was like, why would I say that? That is so triggering for someone who's just taken four kids under like ten years old yeah, to you're a dance the, you're class. The eldest, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Why would I say that to her? You little shit. Yeah, anyway, don't say that to your parents. You poor mum. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining us today. We are so excited to talk to you all about becoming a mother. And I know we're going to talk a bit about postpartum depletion. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, ladies. It's lovely to be here with you. I thought we could start, and I've seen Wendy myself several times, and I thought we could start with a bit about who you are and why you work in this space. Give us a bit of a rundown. Okay, so I'm a mother of two. I have a son who's in year five and a daughter who's started high school this year. So welcome to the tween years. Um, There's a lot going on there. Um, I've lived in Sydney most of my life, but just a couple of years ago, we decided to make a massive lifestyle change um, up to the mid-north coast. And a big part of that was um, because wellness is a lifestyle and um, stress reduction, anxiety reduction for all of us as a family, you know, raising kids in this uh, crazy day and age, uh, we wanted to bring back nature a lot more into our lifestyle. Um, which we're doing and it feels wonderful. Um, in terms of the work I do, I started my private practice, Mind Momentum, back in 2015. And my main professional focus there was to support mothers because when I became a mom, I saw a huge gap in terms of support and understanding for what women were going through. Um, And particularly on that emotional wellness aspect with all the changes that that come about with that. So um, having now moved out of Sydney, I'm working exclusively uh, by Zoom and phone for women around Australia that have other support options for women elsewhere as well. How do you find, you know, we see a lot of people in person and online and for our type of work, Online's just so easy, right? Do you do you miss in-person consultations or do you find it quite easy to operate online? I love the online space and um, to, to let you know, I actually started online um, before it was a thing. So back in 2015, I was doing online therapy. Um, before an, it was trendy. Before it was trendy, that's before right. So, <laughs> yeah, it was an international um, counselling and therapy platform. I think it was UK-based. And so I'd be supporting women and I loved it. And obviously at the time having young children at home um, and being able to work in the evenings, um, with people across the world, it worked so well for me. So I kind of went online and phone into a consulting room. COVID happened, lockdown, dropped the consulting room, went back to online, and it now works beautifully and suits my lifestyle. And your clientele as well. As you said, mums are busy. They don't yes. have that extra time to travel to an appointment, to find parking, to do all of that. So having the convenience of online, I'm sure it makes a big difference too. Uh, 100%, you know, and that's, I think, um, that flexibility uh, to offer that to mums is is wonderful. And as you say, yes, finding parking in Sydney alone can be a a nightmare Mm. and the added costs with that. But also um, I don't have childcare. I need to go and see another health practitioner and I need to find someone to look after my baby or my babies and that in itself is such a stress for many mums so I've tried to simplify things there um, and make counselling and therapy as accessible as possible. 
Amazing. And you do such beautiful work. I saw you personally myself a a few times now, and I remember having a really big realization in one of my early sessions with you about why I am the way I am. I think you allowed me to realize, oh, this is why I work the way that I do. And this is why I'm at the pace that I am, which once you can understand the why, which is a big part of our work, it can make, you know, treatment and modification so much easier because you know where it's coming from. Chloe, did you have something you wanted to say? I was going to ask you, Andy, before we get into it, and maybe it's something that we'll talk about, but did you have this sort of support when you entered motherhood? I don't feel that I did. Um, And I will go into a bit later on today, um, just feeling really unsupported as a new mother in general. Um, Yeah, there's, I think, as wonderful as our medical system is, I think it's quite limited in some ways. Um, And a lot of mums still feel let down in in that system, unfortunately. Mm. So let's talk about, let's talk about becoming a mother and the importance of, let's call it taking a holistic approach. What what do you see? What are people coming to you for? And tell us a bit about what happens to us when we become a mother. Mm, that's a big question, George. <laughs> Huge question. How much time it's, do you have? Well, you know, <laughs> um, there's, there's so much in that. So I think if I start by talking about matrescence and you might have some of your listeners who know what that is and and others who are scratching their head thinking, I'm not sure I've heard that word before. I'm scratching Um, my head. Okay. Yeah. I Um, haven't heard that word before. No. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, and I hadn't either until a few years into motherhood. And I can honestly say to you, it blew my mind when I started delving into matrescence. I had these light bulb moments. I had these ahas. I was like, oh my gosh, this is huge. Why didn't any of my health practitioners, obstetrician, midwives, um, GP who knew me, why didn't they ever talk about this? Um, so matrescence is a is a, a word that was coined in the 1970s by a woman named Dana Raphael in America. She was an anthropologist. And um, it talks about the absolutely huge transformations that every woman goes through when they become a mother. And these changes are on every level. So we're talking about the hormonal changes, which you guys know all too well. We're talking about the physical changes, obviously, the emotional changes, psychological, relational. Every one of our relationships changes when we become a mother. Um, And our sense of self-identity So there's a lot of confusion that can come up for a lot of mums around who am I now Mm -hmm. that I'm a mum? What does it mean for that career that I worked so hard for all those years and invested all that money and energy into when I'm now at home with my little ones? Mm -hmm. Um, There can be so many questions that come up there. So in terms of the changes, it's actually matrescence is akin to adolescence. And so if you reflect on uh, the huge amount of changes that we all went through in adolescence, the transformations there, you know, physically, hormonally, emotionally, psychologically, relationally, and moving into that new identity as a teenager, who am I, who am I becoming, who do I want to be in this world? It translates to becoming a mother. Um, But the big disconnect there is that we all know about adolescence. 
we support our adolescents when they're going through those rough patches and it's spoken about. When a mother is going through her changes and perhaps struggling in one or several ways, um, aside from the obvious, the physical stuff perhaps or um, recovering, there's a lot that's unspoken about. And so a lot of mums feel um, invalidated, I suppose, with their emotional aspect and the challenges that they might be grappling with day to day. So there's a lot more awareness and work that needs to be done to support mothers on that front. Um, and that definitely is a huge part of the work that I do. And I think it's quite, I was thinking about this earlier today, I started doing the work I do without having heard that word matrescence and without having under, the understanding of what it encompasses, but knowing that that's where women needed support and it wasn't being spoken about. Is it almost like this assumption that when you become a mum, it's something that you're supposed to just enjoy wholeheartedly, you're just supposed to like your identity changes and, and this is something that you're supposed to enjoy? And, and fall into naturally, like yeah. you just meant yeah. to know what to do and, and how to be. Where it's such a massive yes. life change, regardless oh. of whether you fell pregnant accidentally or whether that's been something that you've been planning for a, a long time I'm sure it catches a lot of people by surprise yeah it absolutely um, absolutely does um, I think there's such a small percentage of women in this day, day and age who understand matrescence and what it means and the impact that that has on them there are so many social and cultural myths and false beliefs in our society around motherhood that there are then these expectations that women have of themselves, um, that society has of them, in some instances that partners have of their wives or partners who are mothers as well. And that's where a lot of conf inner conflict and um, emotional distress can arise because I think um, for those that have never understood matrescence or don't know anything about it, they are just following suit. They're doing what their mothers did perhaps. They're doing what their friends or other family members who are mothers are doing um, without pausing and reflecting on themselves and doing that inner work. Um, becoming a mother is such a, a personal transformation and journey and means different things to each of us and will look different to each of us, and that's perfectly okay. And so the questions here are what do you need to do in order to be a happy mother? Um, and that's so multi-layered and so complex, and it draws in all those social and cultural factors that have been so normal um, that actually in many instances need to be questioned, I think, for a mother to be happy, truly happy. Totally agree. And you know how it's come up for me is that I never used to be an angry person. Like I would always be really happy, really kind of carefree. So I would say, <laughs> but since not necessarily the day that I gave birth, but particularly entering toddler years and having an, a really high energy, fiery, three-year-old boy now who I love and adore and I love the energy I wish I had some of it but 
it's, I found, you know, myself getting angry really quickly at the split second. I could be totally fine. And then I would just crack and I would yell and I would just like slam a door or I'd just go outside and try and catch myself. And I hate that that's what I do. And I'm, you know, trying so hard to kind of get on top of mum rage, if that's what we can call it. But I think the biggest question is, and Wendy, I'm sure you're about to tell me what you think about mum rage, but the biggest question I ask myself whenever I'm in those moments is, well, what am I missing? Like, what is it that I'm asking for? Often with, you know, when our toddlers are having big emotions, we think, okay, well, what's the need behind that emotion? Why are they doing it? And so I try and ask myself, the same thing, but it shook me. I, like I didn't expect that I would ever be an angry mum because I wasn't angry before becoming a mum. Can I just say thank you for sharing that, Georgia, because that's um, something that is really common and so many mums experience that heightened anger tipping over into rage territory um, and it's just not spoken about because there is a lot of shame attached to saying what you've just said and not that you have a reason to feel that way but it, it's what a lot of women experience so I just want to yeah say thank you oh, for putting that out there because I think <laughs> it takes courage right to be able to be vulnerable and mm. um, and speak openly about that stuff so you're certainly not alone in that um, my goodness I've had many days in my motherhood journey where I have felt similarly as well and again you know anger rage um, can be complex Often anger is a secondary emotion. So we're talking about, okay, if you're thinking of that iceberg popping out of the sea, you know, that's the the anger and the rage that we might witness um, or show in our behaviour. But underneath the surface of that water could be one of many factors. It could be um, feeling sad. It could be feeling lonely. It could be feeling unsupported in some way. It could be not feeling valued or not feeling heard. Um, there could be some guilt from something else. So there could be so many emotional factors playing into the anger slash the rage. So that's on that sort of emotional psych perspective. However, when it comes to mums, particularly with young children, feeling heightened anger, um, you know, you would know, you guys are the experts here with um hormonal imbalance or nutrient or mineral deficiencies at play and the impact that that can also have on how we manage our emotions and how we cope. Um, then you throw in sleep deprivation, right? You throw in stresses in your relationship or at work or financial or whatever it is that might be going on and you're, you know, quickly at tipping point. So anything can push you over the edge. To make um, this even more complicated, you know, we could even delve into um, aspects of possibly, you know, for some people, childhood trauma, you know, the way that they were raised, the way they were parented, the way that they were responded to or the way that their parent or carer reacted to them. So there are so many um, mm. things at play there. But I think if I was to um, put something at the top of the list, I would say that one of the major reasons why mums sort of feel heightened anger or rage is on some level they don't have the support that they need in some way. And that might take some delving. That might take mm. you know, a conversation with someone where you really open up and pull back those layers to find that what that is. Mm, interesting. And in that immediate moment of feeling that, do you have any advice for mums on how to process 
in more of an acute situation, you know, when you are feeling that overwhelm, what are some tactics? You know, I feel like there's a lot of tactics for kids and being like, okay, how do we manage a, a toddler? You know, these are the different things that you do. But as an adult, it's more like just go it alone, figure it out yourself. Mm. Um, yeah. Do you have any advice? Yeah, so, you know, in the height of the moment, that's really tricky and I suppose a lot of the work I do in supporting mums is to arm them with the tools and strategies so that um, they don't necessarily get to that point very often. Mm. But when you do, I think, you know, safety is is first, safety of yourself and safety of your child if you're really in that sort of rageful space. So stepping away, um, taking a few breaths and going into another room, going outside, grounding yourself getting out of your head and um, using your five senses to just come down a notch. So, um, you know, I often teach mums diaphragmatic breathing techniques, but I don't know how effective they are when you're in that heightened space. That's something that that we can use earlier on to yeah. um, stop the escalation. Because it feels um, like a split second. Like right, it does zero to 100. Yeah, out of almost nowhere. It almost feels like out of body. Like, you know, when people talk about when they're on the pill and they do things on the pill and they go, oh, that's just not me. And they come off the pill and they're like, oh, I feel like I've got mental clarity. Like, I feel like myself again, you know, or when people experience PMS and they think, oh, I know I'm acting irrationally perhaps or whatever it might be, but they feel like they can't control it. But there was a, a really interesting program on Insight where they talked about rage and 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 they were talking about um, road rage just being that where it's almost like this something takes over you where you get that yes, heightened sensation that's what it feels like and people are like that's not me mm. um you know road rage is something that is commonly spoken about but that sort of in quote mum rage you know it's not maybe spoken about as much mm. Mm. well I think either way when we're talking about such a heightened emotion what happens is our prefrontal cortex shuts down. So there's no logical reasoning. There's no clarity in thought. Um, it's just primal instinct in behaviour, really. Um, and so that's why we can't, you know, talk ourselves out of it. Uh, we have our emotional um, part of the brain and then we can just react when we're triggered for whatever reason, whatever happens. So it's a tricky one. But I suppose... Um, you know, in identifying triggers in the work that I do, that's key, trying to understand what may have led up to that and then looking at um, tools and strategies to de-escalate and to keep you in a calmer space as possible, which, as we know as mums, <laughs> is difficult much of the time. It's work, you know, this being well, staying well, maintaining mental health um, that's in a good space is constant every day work and anyone who thinks that you know it's just about seeing a psychologist for a couple of sessions and then I'm all good to go you know is sadly misinformed because we are responsible for our well-being um, our health physical and mental and nobody can do that work for us except for ourselves and we need to step up and take that radical responsibility and that's what it is. It's a responsibility. It's not, oh, I have a tricky toddler or, you know, and I totally appreciate everyone's situation is different, but I think 
there's always going to be an element of, okay, well, how much of this am I responsible for? And what can I do to improve my health in every aspect and take control of my body and my hormones and my response to things? So yeah, totally agree. And like you said, holistic approach, you're looking at all aspects of what's going on social factors at home like nutritional deficiencies hormone status it's yeah it's complex yeah it really is and um again a few years ago when I came across the work of Dr Oscar Serilac who mm-hmm. you might know yeah. Georgia yeah right so he um wrote a book on postnatal depletion and again until I came across his work um all those years ago and read his in-depth uh work Again, more light bulb moments and more validation for the work that I do and more importantly, more validation for the fact that wellness for women, especially for mothers, must be holistic in nature. And what I talk about with being holistic in nature, it's nothing woo-woo, it's all based on evidence. Um, I might just quickly run you through the seven elements of my wellness approach to um, you know mid to long-term therapy clients with women it's not something we can cover in you know a 60-minute session Um, this is work that's ongoing and when someone can work through all of these elements there will absolutely be a positive transformation so in no particular order um, the seven elements are in our thinking in our growing in our connecting in our nourishing in our restoring, in our moving, and in our rebalancing. I feel like I have questions about every single one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I can go into a little bit more detail, but I suppose um, that structure came to me after years of working with mothers, after years of being a mother myself, and after years of research and learning from a whole range of health practitioners internationally. And, um, you know, you could be you could be a mum struggling with, say, postnatal anxiety or depression or a relationship breakdown, and you can go and see a psychologist who's brilliant. But if you're just focusing on cognitive behaviour therapy, um, you're missing so much more and your progress is going to be stifled or short-lived at best. Um, and I've heard that from many clients over the years as well. So... Um, to go back to Dr. Oscar Serilak's work with postnatal depletion, you know, he get, he talks about the massive impact of hormonal imbalance in growing a baby and then if you can or choose to breastfeed, the depletion that results from that, throwing in sleep deprivation, you know, the nutri- nutritional deficiencies um, that, that arise for, for women there is huge and can just go on and on and on if left untreated. And the physical, uh, the physiological depletion that then moves into the mental health aspect, because as you know, our mind and body is connected and we cannot separate the two. So if there's stuff going on physically in our body that needs attention and support, there is going to be a consequence with our brain health and our mental and emotional well-being as well. Um, Dr. Sarah Lack also talks about the importance of the village for mothers and how mm. that was once upon a time such a huge protective factor for mothers to have all those other women around them and have those women's circles and um, support in raising a child. And these days so many mothers are going it alone 
because, mm. well, there's lots of reasons why, but, um, you know, the level of support is, it varies hugely from mother to mother and some literally have, have nobody. Um, others have their partner at best, um, sorry, around them as well. And in a best case scenario, it's they've got their family, their mother, their grandmother, their aunts, their best friends, which is amazing. But that's, you know, the minority of, of mothers these days. So, um, again, in his work, it highlights the holistic importance of supporting women. And it's only when you understand the impacts um, that can be detrimental to a mother's well-being can you then understand the treatment and the support that women need to become well and stay stay well all through um, the rest of their mothering years. Um, and just to go back to matrescence, so once we become a mother and we, you know, enter matrescence mm-hmm. and it changes us forever, we can never go back. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there are certain terms that now really annoy me, like when you hear someone sort of throwing around you know, bouncing back. Bounce back. I knew you were going to say that. So true. And I'm sure, I know, I know I've used that naively many, many, many years ago myself mm. until I, I learned all this stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness, like that's actually quite toxic. There is no bouncing back. There is no going back to who you were um, in any way, shape or form. Once you've become a mother, we are forever changed and we need to embrace that and have the courage in, at times to accept the depth of changes that have happened within us and around us um, in entering motherhood because there's nothing quite like it. Um, Wendy, just if if I can ask you, in your own words, somebody who may be listening, wondering whether they may be experiencing like a postnatal depletion, what are some common symptoms that you find in your clients that maybe might help somebody to detect that they need extra support? So t- fatigue, tiredness, exhaustion, um, being there, um, brain fog, not being able to think straight, um, losing confidence in yourself, anger and mum rage is also a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be absolutely misdiagnosed with postnatal depression or postnatal anxiety or both. And I think that's also um, something that uh, irks me at times is hearing about a lot of women who have gone to see their GP and they are just instantly put on antidepressants and told that they're depressed when, as you can see from our chat today, the complexities mm. in becoming a mother are massive and the support um, that's needed is multi-dimensional and there is no magic pill to, you know, to fix that, I suppose. It's, it's work and it's um, investigating and talking to several health practitioners who specialise in different, different things. Mm. You mentioned earlier your own journey with postnatal depletion can you share a bit if you're happy to about your own journey becoming a mum yeah sure so obviously I didn't know any of this stuff that I'm talking Mm -hmm. to you guys today Mm -hmm. when I became a mother um and I had the two under two for a very short period before the birthday um, happened but um I had two babies that 
did not like sleep very much at all. And so I was severely sleep deprived. And obviously what comes with that is exhaustion. Um, and also um, not knowing it at the time, I was so depleted or deficient in nutrients and minerals and God knows what else. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it took me um, all of my own learning and research over over the years to, to put so many of the pieces together. And um, I had two very different birth experiences. You know, my first baby um as a lot of women, you know, sort of want to have that the best possible experience. So I had, you know, I went through the private system in Sydney. I had a, a wonderful, um, highly regarded obstetrician um, and, went, you know, had a, a seamless experience going through my pregnancy and, and have had a natural birth. Um, but then I found the follow-up to be very sort of physical recovery-based Um, for me and I remember having been so sleep deprived and my baby had colic uh, for three months she just would not stop screaming and crying Mm. like days nights weeks it was and I was on my like my own my husband was back at work and I was just at home with this screaming baby a lot of the time and it was just so hard Um, so a lot sort of added up and accumulated there in terms of the the depletion and the exhaustion aspect and then um you know, getting pregnant again and going through um, a very different birth. I went through the the public system. I had a beautiful midwifery group program. I had a water birth, which I really wanted to, and and that all really went well. Um, and then a few months down the track, going to see my GP just for check up with the baby and and myself. I remember talking to her about how exhausted I was and um, just not sleeping and how I just wasn't, you know, quite feeling myself. And I'd known this lovely GP for, for a while. And she was a woman who was probably in her early fifties, a mother herself, really lovely lady, very good at what, at what she did as being a GP, but all she just sort of offered me was, Oh, you know, that's motherhood and you're a mum. It's, it's hard. Mm. And so I kind of walked out of that feeling, um, let down, I suppose that that was the, end of that conversation with her Um, and it took me to get to the point of being pretty much anemic um, probably like the year sometime during that next year where I had severe brain fog my short-term memory was absolutely shot Um, I was quick to anger not sleeping I was tired but wired uh, tired um, wired but exhausted more like it and Mm. Um, it was only when I took myself back to her and said, look, this is how I'm feeling. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, okay, let's run some bloods and found out my my iron was in a really bad space. Um, and then I did my own research and I asked her um, about a few other minerals, vitamins, and she had nothing to say. She sat there and she Googled. She Googled stuff in front of me. And I was so deflated and so disappointed because I knew how experienced she was. Um, And as lovely as she was, I just felt let down that those issues, that depletion wasn't questioned or picked up way back when it should have been. And not Um, to take away from the gravity of your own situation, but I'm sure there's so many other stories like that where women and mothers feel as though it's just like, is that it? Is that all you can offer me? Like, what's Yeah, you next? just get a, yep, it's hard, this is it, this is what you signed up for, and you think, 
when when is there light like yeah sure like this can't be it for the rest of my life at some point there has to be some sort of relief in some aspect that's right that's right and um yeah I mean so much of the time women have to do their own research don't they they have to um you know go and get a second opinion or see a different kind of health practitioner to really put the pieces of the puzzle together so that they can become as well um, as they they can at that stage. That's what I love about your work, Wendy. I know we share so many clients, which we're very lucky and fortunate to do, but uh, just the level of care and really therapeutic strategies that you give your clients, you can just see it completely transform their life. So you know, for anyone out there that's wondering where they can find Wendy, she is Mind Momentum. You can find her on Instagram or her website and Google her. Um, but you do such beautiful work and it's so great that you work remotely because you, you know, people can access you. Anywhere. All anywhere. Australia. Whenever, you know, in the depths of it at home, in their pajamas or, you know, it's I've seen you in my dressing gown, I'm sure of it. <laughs> You're not the only one. <laughs> I bet. I Thank bet. you so much for sharing your story. Um, like it sounds like a lot of that led you to do what you're doing now. Yes, and that's why I'm so passionate about the work that I do in yeah. supporting mums because um, I just I know that, you know, in our society today we still have such a long way to go in terms of understanding matrescence and in terms of understanding motherhood and the challenges that exist on every level for mothers and um, there are just way too many expectations out there way too many false beliefs about motherhood how how we can do it all and um, you know bounce back and and all the rest of it when in actual fact that's not our reality and um, we need to understand that a whole a whole lot better I think Um, and think more holistically in terms of you know the emotional the psychological the physical, physio- physiological pieces, um, and there are so many strategies and tools that we can use to, yeah, get well and stay well. So, Wendy, for our quickie and three, we have some questions to throw at you. If you weren't a counsellor or what you were doing now, what could you imagine yourself doing in another career? Oh, I'd have to say it would just be going back to what I did before becoming a mother, um, working in the the corporate world, working in yeah. HR management of people. Yep. I could see you doing that. You'd be great in that. You obviously so were great to in that. To. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. Lady. I feel like you could build rapport with anyone. Like have you found and anyway, that's not one of our questions. Okay. Second question is. What about take us back to when you had two under two and sleep deprived brain fog? Do you have like a brain fog story or a brain fog moment for us? Yes. So I had my little girl in childcare two days a week when I had my son as a baby. And I definitely looked forward to those two days (laughs) um, for her benefit as well as mine. Um, And I remember getting to the end of one of her childcare days and speaking to my sister over the phone and going, and she goes, what's wrong? And I went, oh, my gosh, today's Wednesday. I didn't take my daughter to childcare. <laughs> and I missed that whole day. <laughs> and I was devastated. Yeah, you know the worst bit about that too is that you still pay for it. 
like uh, it's yeah and then <laughs> you just completely miss out I yeah I can relate to that on a very deep level but I had so much guilt as well, not just um, that I missed out on having some, you know, time just at home with my son, but the fact that she missed out on the fun and the social aspect for that for that week. I was just like, oh, my gosh, how could I do that? <laughs> and from a third question, your non-negotiable self-care, what does that look like? What's something that is top of your priority when talking about self-care? You know, I love self-care and I'm such an advocate for it with the mums I work with. But um so I do lots and lots of things. Um, I would say massage. And thankfully, that was one of the first things on my list when I moved up here was to find a massage therapist. So I'm so grateful I found Rachel. Um, and my treadmill, my trusty treadmill that you might see in my stories on Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah, several days a week at least. Um, it just is a, such a wonderful way to start my day. Yeah, and it's perfect. instant, isn't it? It's just you get such an instant relief. That's what I love about little self-care practices practices it's just you can just have immediate relief well thank you so much Wendy you've shared such great insight and I know many of our listeners are mums and or mums to be and will grab such great little tips out of this so thank you so much for joining us and thank you for also sharing your story as well oh thank you it's been a pleasure speaking with you guys and hope to do it again sometime Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, leave us a review and follow us on socials. We'd love to hear from you.